0: Productivity in business requires your time, and if you can devise ways to free up your time capital, you can live a more balanced life, and as an entrepreneur, the introduction of AI, or artificial intelligence, has been a real game-changer. In fact, according to our friends at Forms, more than 64% of today's entrepreneurs believe that using AI will help them significantly increase their level of productivity, which in turn will give them their time freedom back to do more of the things they enjoy. And furthermore, Forbes also reports that more than a quarter of companies are adopting AI practices to compensate for a labor shortage. Therefore, without a doubt, it's fair to say that the future of business will have a significant AI component. Laura Bowers has spent the better part of 20 years in the field of project management and helping businesses become more productive. During the course of her career, she's seen the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to project management and what works and what certainly does not. With this Intellectual knowledge, now in her back pocket, Bowers took the information she gained and developed an AI-powered approach to implementing project management and productivity hacks using her BOSS method. As the CEO and founder of PMO BOSS. One of her favorite things to do is help to make project management simpler for the overburdened and overwhelmed entrepreneur, hoping for them to feel the impacts of great leadership at all levels of their business and Bowers, Join me this week to tell me more. I'm Kevin McShan. Let's have this. Conversation. moment to welcome you uh, to the program. And I'm super excited about uh, your journey in both project management and leadership. Great to see you this morning. And thank you for a few minutes. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Now, Laura, I know that uh, you've spent uh, quite some time in the field of uh, project management and leadership. And you're the CEO of your own company. So I'm wondering if we can start our conversation by you telling me about uh, PMO Boss, which is the company that you lead, and what makes you so fabulous?
1: Yeah, so the PMO Boss, I uh, launched this company because I have learned so much throughout the years of what works and what doesn't. And I really wanted to take that out to more companies and have a bigger impact. So that that's what drove kind of the decision to make this leap. Um, I'm really excited because we're engaging in a lot of AI technology and how we can um, really help businesses do some amazing things. So it's it's a really exciting space to be in um, to merge kind of project management, automation workflows, process improvement. I mean, some of it's a little nerdy, but I like it, um, and it's it's just an opportunity right now uh, to just do some new exciting stuff.
0: Yeah, and. I think your life experience has sort of influenced your uh, professional trajectory.
1: Yeah, it, it absolutely has, right? So um, much of my early career, I was just going through the motions, right? You know, I, I kind of did the very traditional, went to college, got a job, moved up the ranks, um, found certain things that I excelled at, and that that's where I moved up the ladder. Um, but like a lot of people, when COVID hit, I really did some reflecting of kind of what I wanted in life and what was going to be possible for me and my family. And I just saw, um, that there were bigger things to do. And I, that, that coupled with moving me towards, uh, looking at personal development and my own leadership in my life. Um, and doing that through the COVID time led me to the decision of wanting to have my own company to make a bigger impact and, you know, ultimately better, better, support my family um, at the end of the day, too, so we could have a bigger and brighter future.
0: Yeah. And, and Laura, I want to talk to you about the idea of inclusion. You know, I'm mm-hmm. a huge believer in, uh, in uh, the power of diverse perspectives. You know, outside of hosting uh, this podcast, Laura, I help business, uh, businesses better infuse a more inclusive culture for folks with uh, mm-hmm. disabilities, with you know, in the workplace culture. So I'm curious to ask you about workplace uh, uh, inclusion. Uh, How do you view that as well?
1: Yeah, I I agree with you, right? The diverse perspective, I think, um, really gives businesses a competitive advantage. You know, if you're not just always looking at the same cookie cutter solutions that the same type of people are going to be coming up with over and over again, um, you can give yourself a competitive edge. And there's so much to be learned from one another that it's um it doesn't make sense to to be exclusive right like it just to me the the inclusivity of the perspectives um and the different challenges that people have and think through right that that just comes up with a, a greater uh outcome and products at the end of the day
0: yeah I'm so you know uh Laura I'm also curious to get your thoughts on the idea of allyship and really Mm -hmm. accepting uh, a a different uh, diverse groups of people that you may not uh, necessarily work with on a regular basis. So what's your thoughts on the the concept of allyship?
1: Yeah, a couple things come to mind. Um, In my previous life, I was working um, with IT products, right? I was a IT program manager. And we had to make sure we had accommodations for all types of work scenarios. So I, we had the opportunity to listen to different people and what they needed and the types of tools and technologies that made things easier for them. Um, and that was a that was a big learning experience because it just exposed me to, to so many things. Um, we also had requirements to make sure that any type of um, content that was being put out was compliant, right? And could meet the different needs of people's abilities. So that that has all been a great perspective and having the opportunity uh, to listen to those people and being in a community where that was welcomed and encouraged, I think was a refreshing perspective for me to be part of. Um, another thing that comes to mind, and it's it's not a direct correlation, but very early in my career, um, I was part of a marketing team. And the lead marketer um, had a rule where the most entry-level person had to speak first. Um, And this was to ensure that that diverse perspective was heard, right? So um, they made sure everyone in the room had a voice regardless of experience or contribution level or any of that stuff. And it was encouraging because you felt like you could speak there, right? You felt like you had a voice. And I think everyone should, should have that opportunity. So I think practices like that could go a long way with uh, with inclusivity and allyship. allyship.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. Laura, as you mentioned before, that you you work a lot with AI and sort of bringing that to the notion of productivity and you've created sort of your own boss method. So I'm wondering if you could tell me about it.
1: Yeah, so what we like to do, um, essentially it's a, a assessment, right? We come in and we will baseline uh, which is the B? You will baseline where you're at by doing a comprehensive assessment of what is happening in the company on a day to day basis, and then we look at those processes to evaluate what can easily be handed over to AI. Um, now we're really really diligent to keep the humans involved, right? Like uh, it's it's one of our pillars is that we we operate with integrity, so we're not trying to just push everything off to AI and and have everything be bots and computers and stuff, but looking at what can easily be um, completed through AI is usually the routine tasks that are time consuming, right? That keep people from doing the important things like generating leads or uh, working on strategies and things that actually take the the human element. Um, so we, we through that we offer an outline, uh, which is the O to what we recommend. We work through the setup for the first S uh, to get you going. And there are some things that you can do with um, kind of off the shelf tools that exist. And then there's other things that actually require some intelligent workflow development. And I have a team that I work with that, that will help that piece. And then we leave you with the final S, which is sustain, so that you can then you know, run off into the future more efficiently.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm curious to ask you about the notion of opportunity cost in business and what that term means to you on a broader scale.
1: Yeah, so that really strikes a chord, um, especially as it relates to AI, because we are still kind of in that early adopter curve, right? Like there's a lot of people that don't know what to do with it. Um, It can be overwhelming, because there's so much happening with it right now. Um, And I think that looking at the opportunity cost of of engaging or not engaging um, is something a business needs to consider. I'm personally of the opinion that the opportunity cost of not engaging is greater. Um, because this technology is here, and there's really no, no avoiding it. That's actually been here for years. It just hasn't been available to the public until, until more recently, um, at the level that it is today. So the, there's a huge opportunity cost in the efficiencies and the time that will be gained by, by diving in.
0: Yeah, and you know, I know one of the one of the reasons you started this company is they wanted to assist overburdened entrepreneurs better manage sort of their product uh project management systems mm-hmm. and let, let's talk about the idea of the overburdened entrepreneur and it's sort of the you're thing in today's workforce and uh, why sort of embracing technology or ai is beneficial to the overburdened entrepreneur
1: yeah, I, I think there's just a tremendous amount of kind of daily mundane tasks that have to be done, right? You, there's this operational force that is that goes no matter what when you run a business, right? There's always things like timesheets and invoices and just social media, right? These things that take up a lot of time, but aren't necessarily getting the impact to the, your customer, right? You want to be working with your customer, serving your customer so that they get what they need from whatever product or service you're offering. So an entrepreneur, I think it's really easy for them to get overwhelmed in the mundane stuff because that has to happen. But then they're sacrificing their customer service and their their ultimate uh, pr- product delivery, right? So this this opportunity to leverage time-saving tasks or hacks, right? Um, And a lot of them are supported by AI, can free up their time. And that's like the gift of time. Who wouldn't want that? The gift of time (laughs) to have more time in your day to do the important things. Um, It's just, it's remarkable that there's technology out there now that that gives time back.
0: Oh, well, it's something that I I think that we can all appreciate the value of time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Laura, tell me, how do you define great leadership, both in business and in life? What do you think great leadership looks like?
1: For me, it's empathetic leadership. Um, I think any leader that leads with empathy is, you know, ahead of the curve. Because at the end of the day, you need to inspire people. And people have people problems, right? We've all got so much going on in our life. There's just so many responsibilities. We're at a place in society where it's like, go, go, go. And you actually have to almost schedule downtime, right? Like you really have to be mindful about slowing yourself down in in today's world. Um, So I think if a leader can recognize that most people want to do good, most people want to make an impact and feel like they're part of a team. And if you have a leader that can resonate with that, you're going to have a much more motivated workforce and people that are excited to, to wake up and come into work and, and work on a shared mission, um, as opposed to just like grinding the axe or come in and do your tasks and go home, right? So I think the the first, first version of that is much more rewarding and beneficial for everybody.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Laura, I want to drill down on the, the uh, concept of Focus as an entrepreneur and really also balancing that with the appropriate work life balance. You know, as mm-hmm. a, a first time entrepreneur, you, you know, a lot of people struggle with the idea of relinquishing control mm-hmm. because, because they want their business to represent a certain brand or something like that. So, talk to me about the importance of entrepreneurial focus and really balancing that between getting the appropriate work-life balance as well. What are your thoughts there? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I've, I've worked with some coaches. I've been lucky enough that I've had some coaches help me as I've gone through my entrepreneurial journey. And I've implemented um, kind of a tactic where I have a list that's called my next action, right? It's, it's not necessarily a to-do list, but it's the thing that I need to address next, right? So I know exactly where I need to focus my energy as soon as I sit down at my desk. I'm not starting from a place where I'm trying to figure out what to do. Like I've already evaluated as new things come up to do, I rack and stack them kind of immediately so that it's very clear where I need to hop to next. Um, that has really helped with my focus because I'm not wasting the time every day evaluating what has to get done at any given point and then trying to figure out where my energy is best spent. Um so that 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 has been very helpful. The second part of that um trying to figure out where we were with that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I was Oh, just, delegation, right? Yeah, so, I
0: was just asking you about delegation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, If you are at a point um, in your business, right, if you're a solopreneur, it's probably very difficult. There's nobody to delegate to other than to bring in services. But if you um, do have a team, if you take that time up front to map out processes, provide instruction, you are training your people to give the answer that you would give. Right. And represent the brand in the way that you would. So I think delegation can be hard when people don't take the time up front to define their expectations and clearly give instruction. um, I I feel like it goes wrong when they'll assign a task and then the person doesn't do it the way they thought they would do it. Um, And it's usually because they haven't been trained or coached properly. So uh, if if you will take the time up front to train people and hand things off, I mean, your life will get exponentially better because you'll just have to worry less about how things are getting done.
0: Well, you know, I have to tell you, if you, are a powerful uh, delegator and you do it effectively, you get so much of your own personal time back, don't you? Right,
1: right. And that's what, I, again, that's what everybody wants, right? You want that time freedom. I, I have yet to meet a person that didn't want time freedom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, that that will be a, a line that will ne- never diminish. I promise you that, okay? And <laughs> hey, Laura, what do you think it means to be an effective multitasker?
1: hmm. So this one's a little tricky because I don't actually believe in multitasking. I, I really don't think it's possible for the human bre- brain to efficiently multitask. I, I do think that you can gauge in um, what Tony Robbins calls net activities. So this is no extra time. So like while I'm driving, I can also listen to a podcast, right? Because those two things don't conflict with each other. But if you're on your computer trying to check email and attend a meeting, there's no way you're fully engaged in both, like your brain is just going to be either focusing on an email response or it's going to be focusing on the meeting content, not both. Um, so I think that there's some harsh realities here of of what the human capacity actually is and recognizing that you, you have to schedule your day out to focus on what's important, because if you do both, you're going to kind of do them half assed. Right. You're not going to do them them well. Um, I think multitasking is a little bit of a farce that people need to come to terms with.
0: Yeah, and and in terms of managing emotional intelligence as a business owner, you know, uh, uh, no matter how successful of a business person you are, we're all going to um, experience adversity at some point. So Mm -hmm. talk to me about the importance of managing sort of the emotional roller coaster business and how important do you think that
1: is? Yeah. Well, first off, it's critically critically important because when you do get faced with adversity, it can knock you down if you're not careful. And um, you know, hopefully you get back up. That that's the goal, right? Is to always get back up. But that can be challenging. It could, it could really put some setbacks in your life. So something that's really helped me is just reframing what I get out of a setback. So instead of dwelling on the negative of whatever the situation is, whether you get fired or who knows, right, what the negative situation is, it's what did that actually give me, right? What are the lessons in that adversity? Why am I, you know, more equipped for future problems or have more skill sets as a result of dealing with these things? Um, And, you know, whether you like it or not, it's these setbacks in life that really, shape us into the people we become over time.
0: Yeah, indeed. And, and, you know, Laura, I'm curious to ask you from a female perspective, how do you think women continue to change the conversation of progress in business? Mm
1: -hmm. I I think it's an aspect of inclusivity, right? It's a perspective uh, that we bring to the table. We process information differently. We look at problems differently we have you know great capacity to shift gears quite a bit i mean many of us are our mothers or managing households right so it's like this this um processor right we i feel like the female processor is a little bit different than the male processor um and when we are able to share those opinions it's it's the exact same concept we talked about earlier with just the inclusivity of opinions brings be- brings better conversations to the table yeah and uh, Laura, I'm curious. how do you define a business victory? Mm, yeah, I they're they're all over the place, right? You can look for small victories, you can look for big victories. like I know for me um, when I first took this this leap into my business, getting like my first client was a victory lap, right It was a it, it, it wasn't gonna change my life overnight, but having my first client was a huge victory. And then you know now as I move forward uh, to to bigger financial goals, like there's there's victory laps all over the place, um, if you look for them, right? And I think it's important to look for for victories as you go instead of just shooting for the moon.
0: Well, it's always important to celebrate the small wins, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Absolutely. Well, how do you define life prosperity?
1: Hmm. Well, prosperity for me, it's a combination. I, obviously, I want financial prosperity. I think, again, it's its something everybody aims for is some financial freedom. But I am really excited that I'm going to have the opportunity to do it through impact. Um, in previous roles, I don't know that I really felt fulfilled in the way that I was having a huge impact. And now I'm going to be able to help really just shape businesses to be more successful and generate greater products out into the world. I mean, I think so many entrepreneurs are doing interesting things and helping that move forward. um, It it gives me a a motivation that you just can't explain, right? It's intrinsic um, to want to get up and just do more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, Laura, my final question for you uh, this morning has to do with uh, your own personal and professional legacy and how you want your legacy to be defined.
1: Yeah, I think what would be a huge compliment for me is that after people work with me and my company, that they are they, grateful, right? That they leave saying like, oh my gosh, thank goodness we did that. We, we've had a positive experience and it's had a positive impact on us. Um, for From a professional standpoint, I mean, that's that's what you want, right? You want happy customers going out doing big things because of the way you were able to support them on a personal level, it's it's creating a future for my daughters that, that was better than mine, right? Every I think every generation wants to move the needle. So, you know, I've taken things further than my parents' generation, and I hope my daughters take things even further than I've been able to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Laura, I see the map behind you. So is there any uh, significance behind it? Or are you a traveler? What's the a necessity for
1: the map behind you. yeah travel is definitely one of my you know i i wish it was a bigger hobby than it was i wish i was traveling more than i am but i have gotten around a little bit i um, do mark off on the board when i get to go to different countries which is always a, a incredible experience this particular map is from a company called enjoy the wood um, and they are actually based in uh the ukraine and this was a product they sold when the the war started. Their factory got bombed and destroyed, and they had to rebuild. Um, so this particular purchase was to help support 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 their rebuild. So um, you know, I I have been trying to make a conscious effort to spend my money better as I get older, right? Making sure I'm in- using it at companies and products that are uh, having impact. And this was definitely uh, aligned with that.
0: Well, having financial smarts is something I, I I think we all can take a lesson or two from, right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And Laura, if I do tell me, if people want to get connected with you, what's the best way they can do that?
1: Yeah, the absolute best way, you can find us at uh, at thepmoboss.com, uh, and we are also searchable on LinkedIn by The PMO Boss. Uh, those are the two places we're most active.
0: Well, fabulous, Laura. I really enjoyed our conversation about women in leadership, AI, and business, and everything in between your work in the space. And time on my behalf is most appreciated. And I want to thank you for being here this morning.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really enjoyed the conversation.